hang on a minute. What are we even talking about today? Oh, honey, we're giving the people what they want. So deep. So deep. Tell me how you got it. <laughs> oh, I thought we could just at least go two rounds. <laughs> We're only doing one round today because this is an episode that people are ready to hear. It's an episode of Cribs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to MTV Cribs. This is our house. <laughs> our den. Okay, welcome to episode number 18, everyone. You are back at the sex den with your hosts, Lauren White and Camille Misbach, full sisters. This sister changed her name after marriage, but we're still full blood. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So welcome back to episode number 18. We're so excited to have you in the wolf in the wolf pack with us. <laughs> in the in the woolly wolf pack. Yeah, Camille and I are <laughs> up and higher, so welcome to the Wolf Pack. Ow, ow, ow. Yes, that was what I was looking for, our wolf call. <laughs> <laughs> That's our howl. It's called That's a howl. It's called our howl. So we are back, and we are also together today, which is fun, and it also causes some challenges for recording. <laughs> We're currently hunched over. <laughs> In front of a microphone together, breathing our breath on each other. I can literally smell Camille's BO. <laughs> and I'm sure she can smell my butt. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in Austin, Texas. We are, I just arrived two days ago. That's right. And we're going to Friendsgiving this weekend. It's going to be so much fun. So this week, we are going to do a relaxed conversation about porn. 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 You know what they call it. Popcorn porn. Porn. Yeah. So this is a subject we wanted to talk about for a while. We also don't want it to be this like rigid like, yes, do it or don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Get it out of your computer and get it out of your mind. Yeah. We have pros and cons of porn today, followed by a few listener questions, but we're going to start it off as we usually do with our weekly update. Lauren, let's get it rolling. I have never been uglier. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm just joking. Your that's hair's not my, never been cooler. That's not my Her update. Hair's still blue. That's the update. Okay, my hair's still blue. I still sizzled off my scalp, so that mm-hmm. was fine. Um, I, man, what is my week update? Been? <laughs> uh, my week update has been I feel I feel back in my energy and in my like. Sizzy Sizu. I'm so stoked. Her eroticism. My eroticism of life. Yes. Um, Shane and I put an offer in on a home and it got accepted. Oh, yes. It was in, literally like two days after we yeah, talked about it. It was two days after we talked about it. It's so And where excited. is it? Drum roll. It's in, oh, it's in Lake Arrowhead, California. Yes. So it's between San Diego and LA basically it's like this mountain town and I'm just feeling so excited to be there and just be in this little like chalet thank god let me tell everybody that when Lauren thought she was gonna move to Austin I was being really cool about it but inside I was so heartbroken she didn't like it all I was thinking about was seeing Momo growing up from afar yeah which is Lauren's beloved dog. <laughs> yeah, it was just too sad. And we tried in Austin. I really wanted to move here because of the community here. Like I have so many friends and it's just yeah. awesome. But um, it just, yeah, it just didn't work, just out. Didn't work we, out. We we weren't feeling inspired inside of the homes. Yeah. And we, we're mountain people. So you now are literally an owner of a mountain home in California. Yes. <gasps> oh. It's really exciting. I'm so excited and I'm really excited too because it's going to be a huge transition for us. We're, you know, going into business together and yep. Shane's coming on and is going to do some coaching and I heard yes. that somebody else <laughs> has an opportunity for you. Yay! Okay, so my weekly update other than being in Austin, which is really fun. Yeah. I have officially launched my one-on-one healing sessions. <laughs> so I did a Q&A the other day and said it was going to be around December 1st. And then all of a sudden I started thinking and like 
I'm ready to do it right now. She's ready. So I was putting all of the all of these lists together of, you know, 10-week programs that I'm going to start doing right out the get-go and partnering with people and doing all this. And where that was a great mindset business-wise, I can do all that stuff on the background and just start offering one-on-one sessions in the meantime. So I'm offering people to come on and do an integrated healing experience with me. And I'm just so excited and I'm so ready. You're so ready. I'm, it's just like I can't wait another month until I start talking to people and sharing this information. So right. I'm just ready to do it now. She's ready. So on my website, camillemisbach.com, you can apply for my healing sessions. We'll do a little 15-minute discovery call, figure out if we're a good fit for each other, and then just freaking go at it. We can do as many sessions as people want. Like we start out with one 60 minute session and maybe you want to continue on. And I do a little discount if you want to do multi-session. I'm going to be integrating authentic expression, trauma release through movement, creativity, breath work, yoga, everything you could want to heal from anxiety and trauma. And I really love and what my passion is for currently is sexual assault trauma. So I'm particularly interested in working with that group of people, but I'm willing to do it all. Yep. God, I'm so proud of you. I'm having it, – it's just – and I don't want to override the moment by just expressing my joy and my pride, but it just feels so wonderful because you – People feel so comfortable talking to you and they share things with you that they do not share with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so I just can imagine what a safe, wonderful, warm space that's going to be in your coaching containers. So I'm I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I do. I feel feel very called to doing this. And the more I get excited and passionate about it, the more I'm just reflecting back on my life and thinking – I have been this person for others my whole life. Yeah. I've loved to talk to people about what they're going through because I love to listen and just give people a safe outlet to express whatever they're feeling mm-hmm. because I know that a lot of people can feel so lost when you're going through a phase where you're wanting to heal. Yeah. And I went through that recently. It's like, holy shit, when mm-hmm. is this going to end? How do I release this from my body? What is what am I doing? So I just want to offer people a space to get their answers. That's really what I want. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my weekly update. Sign up for my coaching if you one. would, you know, if you are drawn to me as a healer, we can chit chat and see all of our possibilities. Yes. Yep. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so with that, let's get on our subject of the week, which is porn. Yeah. Do you want to start with our experiences with porn? Yeah. I honestly did think of doing that at first, if you're comfortable talking about that also. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I should start with my – because I think my update's a little less than yours. Okay, sure. how I started with porn. I was introduced to porn, I think, in elementary school, later in elementary school, because – we used to have those computer rooms with the big, like, bubble Dell computers. No, they were Apple. Or they were Mac. Yeah, they, they were, were Mac. Mac. They were, like, the original Mac They were computers. blue. Yes. I saw – with the white – they were, like, white, yes. um, translucent, oh whatever, God, on the outside. They were so cool. I had never seen something like that. Me neither. I thought we they were We got all new things. computers. Yeah, yes. like, later in, in elementary school. So I was called over by a friend. I'm going to whisper it to Lauren. Okay. Okay. Yep. So we're going to call her Gazelle. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> okay. So Gazelle called me. Is that – that's the right animal, right? Why does it sound so funny coming out of my mouth? Because you're using it as a name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the name would be Giselle, but we're actually Okay, we're going to call her Gazelle. Gazelle. Okay. Which is the animal that runs from lions. Yeah, which has really long legs. <laughs> so Gazelle – called me over and was like, look what I found. And it was basically like boobs.com <laughs> or like sex.com or something. Yeah. I just remember being so many boobs. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And I had already <laughs> oh kind of like, I was already so curious and yeah. I had already knew what sex was, but I'd never seen it. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, this is really exciting. So I remember going home and looking it up on there too. Yeah. And then closing the computer and mom did find it. Yeah. 
I did a bad thing though. I blamed it on someone else in the house. I've told her now later in life that it was me. She doesn't even remember it. Yeah. But I was like obsessed with looking at the boobs. (laughs) (laughs) The boobs. So that was my first experience, but it was kind of like secret and exciting. It was like every friend I went to, I wanted to like tell them about the website. Because you're just so curious to look at it. And you like look at it and it looks kind of good. And you're like, oh, you're nervous. (laughs) It's like sort of scared. Oh my God. So that was my experience. Then I think that the next porn probably maybe was like in high school when I was having sex. And it was like, ooh, let's like look at it together. Mm. Then I dated someone who I think had like a mild porn addiction. Okay. Um, just in the way that like we had sex for so long and it was, it felt very porn like, it was Mm -hmm. also the first person I'd had an orgasm with Mm -hmm. and we did have great sex, but I remember just thinking like, oh, like, why do you always want to watch it? Like, I I don't know. I just, I didn't love it. It wasn't something that got in the way of our relationship. What got in the way was that it was toxic, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but that was sort of my intro to porn. Um, I, I watch it now sometimes, not as much lately, but I honestly really like lesbian porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like sometimes I'll watch it. Sometimes I won't. I don't have any negative feelings towards it or like, you know, I, I don't think it was a big part of my life where it was anything traumatic happened around porn. Yeah. So it's always been kind of good. And yeah, my partner doesn't really watch it sometimes but not really either so I guess it's kind of just been a neutral subject in my life yeah yeah which is a lot different than your experience yeah my experience was really different and um this is like a little bit of a trigger warning I'm not going to go too deep into anything but for people who are sensitive around assault when you're little yeah like molestation yeah Um, so when I was young, we had just moved into this new neighborhood in Colorado and, uh, an older man who hosted the party for us was like pushing me on a tire swing. Like mom and dad were there. I was eight. I was going into third grade and he was just saying a lot to me, like that he wanted to see me naked. Totally grooming Totally grooming me and asked me not to tell my parents. And like something weird came over me. This is like the only kind of like inclination that I have of a past life because I don't really associate with having a lot of past lives. Um, but I like knew to get as much information out of him as I could because I wanted to tell my parents. I had this like strange insight as a kid. I remember everything. so inquisitive already. Yeah. And I was just like, the second he said, please don't tell your parents, like let's keep this between us so we can hang out again. He was like 40. Like he was old and had a young kid too. Yeah. I was eight. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, anyway, so the second that that happened, I – kept asking him questions so that mom and dad would believe me. And so on the way home, I told them everything was like, okay, holy shit. We had to like go to the police and Mm -hmm. I'm surprised dad didn't kill that guy. But anyway. It ended up – wait, I feel like we should end this with like that man got in a lot of trouble because – Well, he didn't get in enough trouble. But what had happened is that he had molested other people in their family circle and his wife immediately divorced him, got full custody. We never saw him again. He was like not allowed in the neighborhood. It was just really cut and dry, like goodbye to him. Yes. It was so – such a – and I did not know about it at all. I know. Yeah. So that kind of – Which Well, it was interesting because that kind of began my – secrecy around sex, like this Mm -hmm. internal experience for me where I felt like I had to hide sex from you. And up until that point, there was nothing to hide from you. And Mm -hmm. so it was like that happened. And I learned about sex right after that because I asked what sex is. It's almost like they had to almost tell you. They had to tell me because I – but I asked mom and she told me like very specifically we had such a great conversation (laughs) about it. I remember where I asked her. We were in the basement, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then like right after that, I found porn in the house. I found a magazine, a porn magazine from dad. I like found it in the basement. Yeah. And um 
When I, porn was in magazines. When porn was funny. in magazines, yeah. And I remember the image of it so specifically. It was like a woman with a bunch of – like I remember the image that I saw. Wow. And it was a woman – with men all around her, like doing different things, you know, like wow, yes, all the different things that you, the things. they were all naked and they were doing <laughs> yes. different things. They were doing sexual. Things. They were doing sex things, and so it's funny because I wonder now if like some of my stuff, I'm sure, is from seeing that because I love the idea of like me in that kind of a position. Yes. So, um, that's how I was introduced to porn. It was this kind of trifecta of like yes. learning about sex, hiding it from you, and then we went to therapy over me finding the porn. So it was like keep it a secret from Cammy. Um, this is something that like I knew my mom was really disappointed in my dad and like really devastated about that. So it was like okay, dad's in trouble for this. Now I know something about dad that Cammy doesn't know. It like really created this interesting truth secrecy bubble around and like sex. a little bit of shame. A lot of shame. Yeah. Because it was like, okay, if dad was doing something wrong and I wasn't supposed to see this, like it's bad, yes. right? It, there's something bad about it. Yeah. And so when I look back at that, it really clouded my understanding of sex. Like this is bad. It's secret. We don't want to talk about it. Bad, yeah. bad, bad. And it's like, oh, God, okay. But that didn't stop my curiosity. Yeah. Like I was really open about sex at a young age. I wanted to have sex young. I was so horny. I had like huge boobs when I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was ready to go. Yeah. So anyway, then later yeah, I dated partners who like my first real – my college boyfriend. Yes. Who was older than me had – totally a porn addiction and like yeah. it was a thing in our relationship. Remember when he came to mom and dad or to mom and Brett's and was like, I'm going to be with your daughter forever. I've completely stopped watching porn. Like he was yes. – Because it was like a big it thing. It was a really big It deal. was really hard for me. Like yeah. I, I felt like every time I would leave the house, he would be like opening his computer to, to watch porn and masturbate. He would masturbate like five or six times a day to porn and then wouldn't be able to get off when we were having sex. It was really hard. Like yeah, really frustrating. And it's so sad. It, like scarred me. I, because it does feel – it feels like a level of cheating. It's like a third person's in your relationship. Well, it's like so many other people are in your relationship. Like it's our relationship and then their relationship with porn. And it's like there's yeah. no way that I can compete with that. Like I'm one body, but I was comparing myself constantly to like the perfection of porn stars because the thing is, is that I actually have never been drawn to watch porn. It just hasn't been my thing. I wrote papers about it in college. I just – because for me – I became a feminist really early and I kind of associated like the perfectionism aspect, which we'll talk about a little bit more coming up. But like it really upset me that, that that's kind of what women compare themselves to is porn and yeah. it's like staged with perfect lighting and timing and fans so you're not sweating and just like, you know, everything. Yeah. So I – yeah. My relationship with it was really tough because it was my first image of sex and also it was – it became this like mediate or not a mediator, but it became a major deterrent for my own sex life. Okay. So I think we should keep going with this section. We were going to start with pros, but let's just start with cons because we're already kind of like saying it, – it, it's not that it's negative. It's that – the way you're introduced to it can have an effect on how you feel about it for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also as really sex positive people, like I consider myself very sex positive yeah, to you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but like as really sex positive people, and I mean, I had an OnlyFans, like that's a yes. real thing, you know? And I was like a swinger and going to these really elaborate sex parties and stuff like that. But I can't deny the fact that when I had a partner who was addicted to porn, it like – I felt like shit about it. Yeah. I felt like shit. And there was nothing – it was so secretive. It was so yeah. hard to call the person out because I didn't want to shame him. But also yeah. I was like, I feel awful about this. So, yeah. I just want to validate as well the people out there in a relationship that – feel that gut feeling 
of negativity surrounding porn if it, because there's a specific difference in a relationship when say your partner watches porn every once in a while versus when your partner has a porn addiction. Yeah. And I've been with people on both sides and it's like porn does not have to be something that you get frustrated or sad about. Like, well, why do you watch porn when you masturbate? You know? So there's a time and a place for it. And I don't think it's okay to shame people for watching it unless you notice that it's like, every single day and you're feeling like every time you leave they're about to watch it what you're doing in the bedroom isn't up they're trying to make it like a pornographic scene because a porn addiction is something very serious yeah it's like an alcohol addiction it's like a drug addiction like it needs to be addressed and people actually should think about a specific therapy to go to it or to go to for it if it's become that deep of an issue in a relationship yeah So I just want to validate the people who are feeling that in their stomach and just know you are valid. Yeah. You're valid for thinking that it's a problem if you feel like it is. Yeah. I, that's, that's something that I wanted to say too. It's like, there is no, there's nothing that you can do. It's not about you being sexier or having better tits or having a pussy that looks a different way, like making different sounds, having different orgasms. Like there is nothing you can do as the the other person in the relationship to convince your partner to not watch porn if they're having an addiction to it or if they're watching it consistently to dissociate. Like we'll get into that now, I guess, Mm -hmm. but – But just there are so many reasons that people watch porn and it's very rarely because they're dissatisfied with their partner. It's never like I'm not happy with my sex life so I'm going to watch porn because like normally it's I'm having a problem with porn. It isn't like with my relationship so I'm watching porn. And also just as with any addiction, if – they're putting any blame on you for the reason they watch porn or like, oh, well, it just doesn't feel good if I don't watch it or if they're really secretive about it. That's when you know it's a problem. Mm. If you that's, – that's for all addiction. If they're hiding it, blaming another person, mm-hmm. getting mad at you when you bring it up. Yeah. That's when you can have the inclination of like, okay, this is, this is becoming a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And you're valid in that. Like you're not crazy. It's not like all guys – a lot of times it would be like, well, all guys do this. Like all – you know, and it's like, no, Mm -mm. that's actually not true. Like you don't have to be feeling that – I don't know how to describe it other than just that like gut feeling where you're just kind of like, ugh. Like, yeah. uh Uh-uh. It doesn't – like if your body's kind of wiggling around right now and you're like, fuck, I really don't like this. Like it doesn't feel good. Uh, yeah, that's because it, it isn't doing your mind right and your heart right. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there's just such a difference. I actually became pretty diligent about like, I really wouldn't date people if I, I would ask people like pretty early on, like, what's your relationship like with porn? Because I actually care. No, so do I. Like, and yeah, like right when, um, Shane and I started like, realizing that we were falling in love we had a conversation about it because I'm like what is I I need to that's something that I need to know and at the time he was like yeah I I stopped watching porn like two months ago I just kind of felt like it wasn't even when I'm single and just masturbating like I don't need to watch it and I was like oh that's for me it was like a relief because if he's saying I watch porn every time I have sex that's a huge red flag every time I masturbate every time I masturbate it that is a red flag to me too yeah yeah and also I used to watch it a lot when I masturbated. Yeah. I mean, I would watch – I specifically like girl-on-girl porn, which is yeah. – yeah, which I've heard actually a lot of women do like because mm-hmm. it looks like they're actually getting off. Right. Like, yeah. I don't really care about the guy. It's right. like I want the woman to be feeling good. That's when I feel good. Right. So I don't mind if someone watches it when they're masturbating, but I recently have just brought it up again. But you know what? I know in my heart – Because, like, I didn't really have to talk about it with my ex who I thought had a mild porn addiction. I I just knew. It's like I I had the feeling. I didn't even have to ask, do you watch it every time? Right. Because it's like I already knew by the way we interacted during sex that he could barely get off with me. Right. 
Because he was watching it and masturbating all the time. Right. It's like in my relationship now, I know that he's doing self-pleasure, but not as often and also not watching porn every time. Right. Yeah. That is, I would say, we we always talk about like things to talk about before you get in a serious relationship. relationship. I would highly recommend that one. It's important. Yeah. And also, this is an important conversation to have with yourself Mm -hmm. about like, what is your masturbation practice like? Because I, so I try not to do this, but sometimes I do do this when I'm coaching or, you know, just being a human. And it's like, I assume other people are like me in like my practices. So I just assumed Mm -hmm. that like most of my clients who identify as being a woman wouldn't be watching porn for some reason. Like, I don't know why I just went with like, I figured the guys were and the chicks weren't. Mm -hmm. But it hasn't been that way at all. Like mostly everybody that I talk to watches porn when they masturbate. Mm. And so I have been encouraging a lot of my clients no matter what. And I talked about this last time too. Yeah. But just like when we watch porn, (laughs) when we like rely on that kind of as like our practice for masturbation, Mm -hmm. it's dissociating from your sexual energy. Mm -hmm. Like it's – it's looking outside of yourself to be aroused for the pleasure. And that isn't bad every time. I recommend like watch porn 25% of the time if it's something that you love, if it like gets yeah. you going, if it feels good. But for the other percentage of the time, it's really nice to focus on like a particular um, part of your body. See where you can move pleasure, breathe into your orgasms, notice how your breath is, notice what your body's doing mm-hmm. and really like – fuck yourself. Like have a good masturbation session. And I I don't mean every time either. I'm not having unrealistic expectations, but like truly make it a nice time for yourself because when you get into your breath and your orgasm and your pleasure energy, it's pretty incredible how attuned you feel with your body. Like your pussy, your dick is at the very base of your chakra system. Like it is where your creativity, your sexuality, that's where it begins. Like it's, it's delicious and juicy down there. And if you're kind of just dissociating watching porn until you get off, like until you come, it, it, you're, you're missing out on such a huge experience and such a big connection with yourself. Yeah. I personally feel like when I am not watching porn, my orgasms are much stronger. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way in sex, but it's just because I'm so focused on like what's feeling good and breathing and that kind of thing versus like looking at an image or a video that's like going to help me get there. It's like I'm just focused on my body. Right. Okay, so that's a great piece of advice. We've kind of just been bouncing from good to bad, which I kind of like. I like that too. Okay, so another pro is figuring out things that you like Yeah, from porn. Mm-hmm. So like you can really explore kinks or fetishes yeah. with porn. Yeah. You can also explore, like we talked about it last time, what somebody asked how to squirt and I said – I honestly recommend if you like cannot get it by yourself because it's a very specific move, look at porn. Look at women like specifically squirting porn to figure out the move because most of the women on there are doing the same thing. So you're going to be able to figure it out. Yeah. And also you're not really able to – it's harder to explore kink or fetish in your mind when you don't have an idea of what it looks like. Right. So – you can look at a range of different porns and maybe, I mean, you never know what your kink or fetish could be until you're exposed to it. Right. So and then it's like, oops. You're like, what? I love panties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. true. So I think that that's a pro. I mean, I, I'll say that I discovered one of my, like, I don't know if I would consider it. It's definitely not a fetish. Uh, it's a kink. It's like something kinky for me is I love watching men hook up. Like it's th- – I yes, love – you said that. There is no – I would not watch lesbian porn because what gets me off is watching guys get off. Like I love – love it love it love it when guys come wow. it's like the hottest thing for me so i love watching so my one of my best friends is gay and we were like he's like oh you have to see this 
I don't know. I don't remember exactly how it happened. Honestly, I have no idea. But we, I ended up watching gay porn for like a long time. And I was literally watching it just like I hadn't even been masturbating. Like I'm just watching the porn. And then after a couple of hours, I don't know how long it was. Maybe it was 30 minutes, whatever. I don't know how long. It felt like forever. My I was literally so wet. I had like soaked through to my couch. Like I was so excited by it. I loved it. Stop it. Yes. I love men hooking up. Wow. So it's the hottest thing for me. And who would have known? Yeah. I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known. Okay. Also, there are more ethical porn sites. Oh, yeah. I think that's important too. Yeah. We should definitely talk about that. Yeah, if you're just watching porn for free, on it's Pornhub, like yeah. It yeah, it's like going to a strip club and not tipping or like being yeah. like I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like it sucks. It's not cool, especially because there are so many amazing paid 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 porn sites Mm -hmm. and it's really just quality you can have a connection with the people who are producing the porn who are like the actors and the actresses specifically on sites like OnlyFans and Patreon and like these different sites that Belasco does a great one yeah Um, and you're supporting sex work like you're already supporting sex work by watching porn 24 7 right if you're doing that so if you are gonna do that like you should financially support that industry right. and do it in a way where the women are women and men are getting paid for the content and the time and the energy and the space that they're putting into that whole space, yeah. you yeah. know? I mean, I agree. And it's not we're not saying that people on Pornhub don't get paid because they're well, most well, yeah. I mean, there are stories I mean, that's of a whole people conversation. Not, yeah, of yeah. course. It can be pretty fucking unethical when it's run by a whole bunch of white dudes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the end of no, the it, Yeah. I mean, it's just as easy as that. I do – yeah. They can really I, – I remember I ranted about this on one of our other ones and I actually cut it out because the rant didn't really fit. But <laughs> just to let you know, a lot of the people who are hired and then they put their stuff on Pornhub, they get no royalties for being on there even if it's the most expensive video. Right. So they're paid like really minimally to actually make the video and then the people who are producing it who are like dudes who took advantage of someone who's really young and wanting to get into the industry are getting paid a shitload of money. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time, no, it's not ethical, specifically on Pornhub. And also the people who are in the videos can't even like pay to get them down. Right. Like it's up there for good. Right. Yeah. There are a lot of stories out like that. So yeah, be more ethical about it. Put a little bit of money towards it or like find people you're really interested in who you know are like paid sex workers. I don't know. Yeah. I want to support the sex work industry. I agree. Yeah. Another one. Okay. Let's talk about a con. Okay. Which we had a whole episode on perfectionism. Yeah, we did. But I think we should talk about it a little bit more here. Let's talk about it more here. And I want to talk about it specifically from like sexual organ space, Mm -hmm. which is when you're watching porn or when you think that that's what sex is supposed to look like, even though most of – okay, let me take that back. All of us know – Right now, if we're sitting in a room, we can all say, yep, porn is produced in the most perfect lighting with fans, yes. with like directors, the most perfect angles. Everybody, no, nobody has a single hair out of place, right? Unless it's bushy porn, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is um, most porn is based on the idea of perfection. Yes. And so what happens is when we compare ourselves with that or we think like, oh, I'm supposed to be getting off from just penetration. Like I'm supposed to be getting off from um, like basically giving somebody head. Like, you know, that's supposed to be getting me off and I'm supposed to be having multiple orgasms and being so wet at the drop of a hat. And even like the high pitched sounds or the like face express, facial expression that they're making when they're getting off. Like that is not realistic if you're actually having like deep grungy sex. Yeah. Like good orgasm connected sex. That is not what it looks like. Dude, it's so weird for me. Even just saying that I'm reflecting right now just on how much of my sex life was like faking orgasms, no. high pitch sounds, and then making sure that my face looked pretty. You know, like not wanting to – like my eyes were never rolling in the back of my head. I wasn't just like having my mouth gaping open, drooling. 
<laughs> having an orgasm. Are you kidding me? Now I don't even know what my face does. But like that, it, yeah. it's still vulnerable for somebody to watch your face when you come. Yeah. At least for me. Oh, but me too. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, maybe don't. No, it makes me – it does make me nervous. <laughs> I can actually – it's kind of hard to get off if someone's looking directly at my face. I know. <laughs> I feel <laughs> – because I like to make really strange <laughs> I know Shane and I just talked about this the other day because I'm like I want to watch each other's faces like I, I want to get more comfortable with I that. know it's really important I for me know. I feel like men though like even for men it's a false perception of perfectionism right like, the way that they think they're gonna get off and like what the face looks like when they're doing it and it's like if a dude has like a full-blown like beautifully connected orgasm they're making some pretty funny noises and faces yeah they are and I like that yeah me too yeah it's like I like my body real and my body knows the difference yeah my body knows when there's like primal sexual energy versus like performative sexual energy yeah you can tell the difference Uh I I can feel it because I know what it feels like in my body and I can feel it from my partner yes like it's it's so cool. Yeah. So with so, the perfectionism thing, it's like I don't even know where we started because oh. I just started cracking up about faces. But yeah. I just – I want everyone to just recognize when they're watching porn that that's not what it's supposed to be. Well, and not only that, but let's take it a step further by saying that in your own body, yes. if you are comparing what your labia looks like, how big your clit is, what your butthole looks like, the coloring of your butthole or your vagina, the like places, your labia. But the places you need pressure in order the to places, come. Right. The places you need pressure in order to come, nipple stimulation, like – different Mm -hmm. kissing on your neck or on your ears like that stuff doesn't really happen sometimes like you just see one type of vagina or one type of sex and we compare ourselves so heavily to that and get vaginoplasty and like I know like which is okay if you want that if if you really want that but yeah not just to match what's going on and then I know or to like try to look better for someone else's pleasure. Like, let's make sure that we're exploring and celebrating. Like, I really want to encourage everybody listening to this right now to go look at your vagina in the mirror. Like, look at her. Mm -hmm. Look at your vulva. Look at your clit. Look at your vaginal opening. Look at your asshole. Like, look at yourself. Okay. And even look at your penis. Like, look at your penis. Look at your ball. Like, no. you're. We have so many people – who ask if size matters. Yeah. And the only reason people have a perception of what size should, and I'm mm-hmm. putting quotes around it, should be, is porn. Yeah. Because all of them have massive wings. Yeah. So people are thinking, you know, that have smaller a smaller piece that it's not good enough. And it's like, what do you mean? Just because you can't slam it really hard? Like – Sex is so much more than that. You can do so many other moves. It doesn't have to just be based on the size. I'm sorry. Slam it really hard. Yeah. People – and it's like, okay, you know. Slam it. Slam it super hard. Slam me, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I actually feel I like if that. you have a more average to smaller size piece, you can slam, slam it the hard. hardest. <laughs> yeah. And then you can do our famous dreidel move. Yeah. So <laughs> – So actually look at what you are and have and appreciate that for what it is instead of constantly being in this comparison cycle. Hang on. Yeah. And I'm going to go further with appreciating what you have. And I'm going to talk about like radical fucking celebration because this is the only dick that you are going to get in this body. Mm -hmm. Like you are not going to get – a porn size Johnson. Nope. And for the women listening to this, the people with labia, the people with vulvas, same for you, sister. That's your kitty cat. Like that's your pussy portal magic flower cookie kitty. Like Yoni. <laughs> better get cozy with her because yeah. she's on your body and she is a powerful force to be reckoned with. And your pussy is your pussy like if you still are able to like get wet and have a clitoris like think about the fucking horrible I'm not even gonna say think about female genital mutilation and what it would be like to not have a clitoris or like what you know like your 
pussy is so special and such a privilege for you to have her on your body. So yeah. please go look at her in the mirror. Notice the different colors, the the different folds, the different textures, the yeah. the wetness, the the valleys, the peaks. Like it's just so beautiful. I'm literally like holding my pussy right yeah. now because I just love her so much. She's like plush and cute and I just yeah. – it's it really it, really helps with your sex life with yourself and with your partner if you love your pussy. Radical celebration. Radical celebration, motherfuckers. Yeah, I really love that too. I'm gonna do a special shout out to uncut members. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, because I feel like the porn industry also really highlights circumcised men or oh, yeah. people who identify as men. And then people are like nervous about their member later. And it's like, listen, you get full sensitivity that you were born with. Yeah. I would love to just remind you of that. You have more nerve endings and sensitivity than people who have had who have been circumcised. Yeah. And also it wasn't their choice. Right. So celebrate your member. Yeah. Your celebrate. Member. Oh yeah, I love to say member. I love member too. I love saying Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Johnson's really good too. And celebrate the fact that you are probably feeling more sensitivity than the people who have an a circumcised wiener. Oh, no, you 100% are. And yeah. in my experience, people who are uncircumcised, there's like a different way of having sex that those wow. – it's like It's like more um, intimate kind of and like connected. And there's like – well, th- there are actually studies that show that this is not just me saying this, that people who are uncircumcised because they don't have that immediate trauma when they're uh, born, yeah. they don't have – like they have better connections. This is just a lot of broad strokes here, but like (laughs) better connections with sexual partners or with women because their connection with their mothers when they were born wasn't severed by the chopping. Okay, So so there you go. I mean, geez, I just wanted to do a special shout out. Okay, I feel like we've pretty much covered everything on this porn subject. Lauren, do you have any final thoughts? I I have one final thought that just sort of came to me and that's this like secrecy aspect of it and this communication piece because I've heard so many stories from women and even in my own experience where um, they're wanting to talk with their partners about their sex life and like wanting to connect more and wanting to have like more frequent sex usually. Mm. Um, And there's this element of like their partner hiding their porn viewing and like maybe watching it at night or maybe just like having this relationship and getting off and masturbating to porn. And then the sexual relationship isn't out in the open like they can't talk with their partner about it the conversation isn't there for the actual physical and physical experience of having sex Mm. and I just want to say that if you're there this is a really important thing like especially if you're not married yet you don't have kids yet like you're in kind of like a romantic relationship where there are other options for you. Like you really deserve to be able to have conversations, like real conversations about sex and sexuality. So I just feel like – I hope I'm making sense right now, but it just seems like especially when there's a porn viewing experience, there's a lot of secrecy and shame that surrounds it. And Mm -hmm. so if you are wanting to have that conversation and your partner keeps pushing you away or like not wanting to talk about it and then continuing on with that kind of behavior, like this is something that you can take very seriously and like make decisions about your life based on the openness of your partner's willingness to talk. Yeah. And I – yeah. So that's all I want to say is that like – great point. It's just – there is just this element – it's that element of secrecy for me and of shame that I just want to kind of hammer in on about like this isn't just going to probably go away on its own. This is something that's like – it's an important thing for you to have agency mm-hmm. over what you want and your sex life and yep. the the trajectory of that. So there's that. I love it. I love it. Recognize a communication issue – up front, especially when it's about such a serious issue. Yeah. Or, just, or a serious Especially subject. when it's about something that um, I often think that like especially the sex life, 
there are some times when like one person has control over certain parts of the relationship and one person has control over others. But when you're talking about your sex life, that's a that's like you and the other person. And if you're in a non-monogamous relationship, the people that come, you know, on the mm-hmm. outskirts of that and like you welcome into your space. But open conversations about this are really important because yeah. it directly affects both people yes. in the experience. Yes. I could not agree more. I love that. I think that's a great way to wrap up. So we have one question this week and Lauren doesn't even know the question yet. I don't know it. Somebody actually asked me this on a Q&A that I did and I gave a bunch of answers, but I really love discussing this subject. So they wrote in and said, I'm really struggling with self-love lately. Hmm. Do you have any advice? So I'll let Lauren think on it and I will kind of talk about something that I really love to do and maybe just give – I think it would be cool to just give a piece of advice of your favorite thing to do when you're lacking Mm self-love. And what I want to start out with is saying anyone who's feeling like they're lacking self-love lately, I just want to give you a virtual hug from us because this is something that can ebb and flow throughout your entire life. And it can be based on relationships you're going through, work stuff, um, you know, feeling validated, feeling like you're just not feeling great in your body. And even feeling like you're a little bit more, you know, mentally fatigued. Mm -hmm. And self-love just waxes and wanes forever. So if you're going through a time when it's – you're really struggling, just know – you are not alone. This is something that you can work on. And it's just going to be a practice that you incorporate. Like for me, when I'm going through these phases, it's something that I incorporate every day when I need a little bit of extra self-love. You have to give yourself love as if you're giving your as if you're giving love to a partner mm-hmm. or a friend. You have to show yourself that same love and effort to give yourself and pull yourself up from that kind of downward spiral. So One of my favorite things to do when I'm feeling low on self-love, and this happened more to me when I was single, I think the dating scene was a little bit tough for me. And I just felt like some of the dates didn't go well or like, especially with dating apps, like people weren't messaging me back, whatever, whatever it was. I just needed more self-love when I was single. I absolutely love to take myself on a date. Hmm. Treat yourself like you are the most special person in the world. So literally get dressed up. <laughs> so cute. I would get dressed up and I would incorporate a little bit more now that I'm in this phase because I feel like I've done more work in this in this area. But I would dress up, get feeling cute. We can get in this slouchy slump and then you're feeling like shit. So get dressed up, take yourself on a date, put your phone away, mm-hmm. take yourself yeah. off of social media for a while mm-hmm. And take a journal and actually journal things that you're grateful for. Journal things that you love about yourself and just really spend time dating yourself like you would show up as your best form on a first date. And I love doing that. I always feel like it helped. It made me feel so cute and so good when I would take myself on a date. So I love that piece of advice. Well, I love that piece of advice too. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Uh, I Just loved nice it. to treat yourself. I loved it when you would do that too. That I know. So I did a once a week date with myself for months. That is so cute. I would go to ramen it. a lot. I would go to ramen or pho. Yeah. All the time. I love it. <laughs> That's so yeah. cute. Mine, I'll go in a different direction. I noticed that when I'm kind of spiraling in like a self-love downward spiral, I'm typically not doing the things that I know help me feel good. Mm-hmm. And some of those top ones are – I'm not exaggerating. I just pick a couple of things from my like self-love bucket and I will just start doing them more. Yeah. One of them seriously is drinking water. Like wow. I will notice when I'm kind of in my like funk sometimes that mm-hmm. I don't drink enough water or like I drink less water. So making sure that I'm staying hydrated and then also creating time for space in my head. Like mm. meditation, taking a bath, mm-hmm. re- like literally putting my phone on airplane mode and putting it across the house from me. I have been taking – I mean most of you probably have noticed like I have literally not been on social media lately because mm-hmm. I was kind of in that 
not a funk, but just getting a little bit out of my equilibrium. And Mm -hmm. so like taking actual space and adding in padding around meetings, around my morning, making my morning routine a little bit longer, but just allowing myself the space to ebb and flow. And that feels like love to me because it's quality time with myself. It's time for me to be truthful with myself, to journal, and to create space in my head between the feelings of like anxiety or self-loathing or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. That's so great. I said we were going to do one each, but I think this is along the same lines as Lauren and what I recommended for this person who wrote in to me. Creating space for just one practice. So mine mm-hmm. was kind of more like a once in a while thing. But if you – I urge every person that says like, I just don't have time for it. You can wake up five minutes earlier. Mm -hmm. That's all that it takes. Even if you have kids, okay, I don't have kids, so I'm not speaking from experience, but five minutes earlier is not too much to ask from a person. Mm -hmm. You can wake up and just to set one practice a day in the morning, because if you set it at night, you're going to just go, oh, I can just do it tomorrow. First thing in the morning to just show yourself a little bit of love. For me lately, it's been making a matcha latte. Mm. I've just been making a matcha and it makes me feel so good every day. And I just sit down and drink it. And it's like, man, if I do that in the morning, I feel like I really showed up for myself. That's, <laughs> for me, can I say what mine is in the morning yes. lately? I have switched up my morning routine and this literally feels like self-love, although it's something so small. Yeah. I've made my morning routine so that I wake up and the first thing I do is put on, like I brush my teeth, do my tongue scraper, and then I put on my makeup for the day. Like immediately, before I poop, before I drink water, before I do anything. Yeah. Because that to me feels like I'm checking one thing off my list and I exit the bathroom feeling like, I already just feel so good. And that for me, it doesn't even – it takes me literally six minutes to do my makeup. But Uh it's that dedication to that where I just feel like, okay, good. I have that completed for the day. I can show up and do the other things that I need to do. And that will ebb and flow. But right now, that's my thing. Yeah, exactly. So just five minutes of something. I'll recommend making yourself a tea or a coffee or something Mm because it can feel very sensual and special to make yourself something delicious in the morning. Mm. So that five minutes of stretching, washing your face and like doing a little face massage on yourself. I mean, it's just such small action in the morning, but just showing up for yourself and holding yourself accountable for one thing can heighten your self-love. And it gives you something for when you're – like I talked about reaching into my self-love bucket, but it gives me something to kind of go back on later if I'm having something come up where I'm not as much in my self-love. Yeah. Like I can be like, oh, yeah, remember that when I used to do that and I felt good? Let me try Mm -hmm. that again. It like gives you stuff to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So – I hope that that helps everyone. Uh, if you have – so I think we're going to wrap up with that. Okay. I was just going to start doing my exit, but I thought, okay, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we hope that you got a lot of good info today. This was episode number 18. If you have any comments, questions, feedback on this, make sure to follow us at The Den Mothers on Instagram. We love to check our DMs there. We try to get back to everybody. Our other pages are at She Wolf Lauren and at Camille Misbach for other endeavors. Both of us are available for coaching. Yes, we are. Wow. Lauren does different containers than I do. She works with personal power, sexual confidence. I am trying to get more into the trauma and anxiety release space. So we are both available for that. And that makes me so happy. <laughs> And yeah, I think that's all for today. So we love you. Happy Wednesday. We hope you have an incredible rest of your day. We love you, Wolfpack. We love you. Ow, ow, ow.